Welcome everyone to the Monday edition of Couch Potato Diary. It is the Monday after WrestleMania. Thank you to everyone who tuned in for the Twitch broadcasts. The WrestleMania recap podcasts are available now. I'm assuming you know that if you are tuning in to this program today, but um, just a, a heads up. We are coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. One of you is getting a Clearwater Cleaning Solutions residential cleaning along with a $25 gift card to Sea of Dead and two free tickets to check out Can-Am Wrestling at the back alley on April 20th. Uh, we will let you know about that at the end of the show. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Today is all about getting ready for the Major League Baseball season. It is our over-under show for the year, our season preview. I am beyond excited for the baseball season. I'm already gearing up to watch a couple games a night. I'm excited for the Blue Jays, as you will find out in this. I am... I am so happy the lockout didn't take baseball from us. I don't know what it is about this season that has me so giddy, but I am so ready for the start of the baseball season. So let's get into it. We will start with my favorite team, the Toronto Blue Jays. The total is set at 92.5. Fangraphs has their win total at 92, and the Blue Jays are minus 450 to make the postseason. Out, Marcus Simeon and Robbie Ray. You have the Cy Young winner and a guy who got MVP votes. That, not ideal for Toronto. In, the Blue Jays add Matt Chapman at third base, probably the best defensive third baseman in Major League Baseball. And they also bring in Gosman, who I think, if we were to do like three-year averages and stuff like that, is actually an improvement of Robbie Ray. I, I saw this on Twitter a couple of days ago. Quit saying the Blue Jays are an improved team. Why are we talking about this? They lost Simeon and Ray. I think when you talk about adding Gosman, you have a full season of Jose Barrios, a full season of whatever Alec Manoa is going to be, a full season with a bullpen that is Major League Baseball ready, and a full season of George Springer, at least presumably, I think you are talking about a better Blue Jays team than the one we saw last year. Also, this is a Blue Jays team that knows they're playing 81 home games at the Rogers Center this year instead of, what was it, 30 that they played in Toronto last year and bouncing around from Buffalo and from Dunedin. I think having a home base set for this Toronto Blue Jays team is going to do wonders for them. I think being able to hit in that ballpark is going to do great for guys like Vladdy and for Chapman and for Bo and for all of these guys. And just to have that comfort of knowing that they are playing all of their home games in Toronto is going to be a huge boost for them. I also think that Obviously, there are some COVID vaccine issues with teams coming into the country as well. That can help out a little bit. And also that home crowd. They were fired up and they are fired up for this Blue Jays team now this year. I, I think that is going to help out. And and so because of all of that, I think this is a, a strong, strong Blue Jays team this year. The lineup is one of the best in baseball. And if Chapman can get back to a couple of years ago and Alejandro Kirk can kind of elevate his game along with Danny Jansen, then this is clearly, I think, the best lineup in baseball. And I, I've today's the American League preview. Tomorrow is the National League. Uh, or sorry, Wednesday's the National League. I think when you look at the American League, this is the best lineup in the American League. I, I think bar none. I, I think this is a really, really good lineup. The issues I have, and there are some warts on this team. The issue is I have the starting rotation, one through five, I think is really good. Six 
it falls off a little bit. And like, not everyone can be the San Diego Padres where you have 10 guys who you're just comfortable with throwing out there in any, uh, any instance. But we have seen Ryu have some issues. We've seen Kikuchi in the past um, do better with extended rest. And so I, I think when you look at this Blue Jays team, not having, like, Stripling is probably the number six, and who knows what is going on with Nate Pearson. It seemed like, it seemed like an okay spring for Pearson, but it seemed like every time he was facing big league competition, they were hitting him very hard. So that concerns me a little bit. But I think not having not having a little bit more depth behind some of these guys might come back to bite the Blue Jays at some point. And if there was a place they were going to add around the deadline, I think that would be it. I think, like, I, I like the addition of Kikuchi, but I think that looking at what the Blue Jays might need. I think adding a couple of arms instead of one solid one for that fifth spot might have been the way to go, but overall it's fine. This bullpen is good. They didn't add that big name at the back end of it or many big names in general, but the additions they made last year are all basically sticking around. And so because of that, this is a good bullpen. It's not a great bullpen though. Um, so that's that, that's a little bit of, of where I have some of the, the concerns. X factors for each team. We're not going to just do one. Um, some of them are going to be thanks, Captain Obvious, for me. Three on the Blue Jays here. One is Kevin Biggio. Um, if he, could, he, it's probably him and Espinal, I would guess, as the platoon at second base, at least to start the season. And if he can kind of round into form and be kind of the player that I think the Blue Jays think he can be, then again, this is an elite lineup and there are literally no holes in it. So I think Kevin Biggio and also his flexibility to be able to play around the diamond, I think Kevin Biggio is going to be a very important part of this Blue Jays team. They need him to get back to, like, he doesn't need to be 300 hitter for 40 home runs or anything like that, but if he can be a 260, 270 guy with 20 home runs, then this team... They're, they're running away with things in terms of the, the batting order. In the starting rotation, it is, to me, I think it's clear Nate Pearson. I think if he can show he can be a reliable starting pitcher for this Blue Jays team, and if he can get to anywhere close that people thought he would be able to, then you have an elite starting rotation as well, and you can either figure out Kikuchi in the bullpen or if someone gets hurt or whatever, but I think Nate Pearson is going to be a, a big part of this team, and if he is a bullpen guy and he is just a straight gas-throwing bullpen guy, if he can be, again, what people thought he was going to be in that role, then again, all of a sudden, you feel a lot better about the bullpen. And my last X factor for the Blue Jays is Jordan Romano. He is probably going to be the closer entering the, the season for this team. He was great in that role last year. They had some troubles getting to him in the first part of the season. I always get concerned. It's the, the Steve Delabar effect, where a guy had one great year in the bullpen, and then you look at it and you know, that's only 80 innings. It's not a ton. Maybe teams have figured him out. So I, if Romano has been figured out by opposing teams, that is a big concern for the back end of this Blue Jays uh, bullpen because they have a lot of good arms in this bullpen, but they don't really have that lockdown, shutdown, this is our closer now, if Romano isn't that. I don't think he's going to fall off in that way, but I just, I get concerned about guys. We said before the total is at 92.5, I am going over on the Blue Jays. The, the rest of these probably aren't going to be eight-minute breakdowns. The Yankees are up next. Their total is at 91.5. Fangraphs has them at 90, and the odds to make the playoffs for the Yankees is at minus 400. This lineup is still really good. Um, like when, when everyone is healthy, and that is a big gift for this team, but when everyone is healthy, Rizzo, Judge, Gallo, um, Stanton, Donaldson, Kiner Falefa, 
this is a really, really good baseball team um, at the position players' spots. I'm interested to see the health of everyone, but you have kind of 10 guys for nine spots, right? Like you, you can have LeMahieu kind of bounce around on a couple of spots. Kiner Falefa is going to be big in his versatility. We'll see if they put him at catcher some, or if it's Higashioka who is kind of rolling with there. Um, Torres, I'm surprised he's still on this Yankee team, to be perfectly honest with you. And I don't know if he spends the whole season on the Yankees, but... Um, this is a team that even if there is an injury, I think that there is a bit of flexibility. They do have a bunch of dudes who I think you would prefer to be DHs, but this is the, the issues with this team aren't with the starting lineup, right? Like defensively, they were a train wreck last year, or at least at times last year, um, with, with Torres at short. Him going to second, I think, is going to help him out. Kiner Falefa probably going to be the everyday shortstop for this team. I like him a lot. We've talked about that before, but like. Donaldson, probably better suited to BDH. Stanton, probably better suited to BDH. Judge, a fine defensive outfielder, but I think because of some injury concerns, you would feel more comfortable being able to DH him a little bit. And LeMahieu, I think, maybe a little bit more comfortable with him as a DH. So I I, I get some concerns about defensively with this team, but again, I think hitting-wise and position player-wise, that this Yankees team is going to be really, really good. I have some concerns about the pitching staff with the Yankees. Garrett Cole is one of the best pitchers in baseball. Luis Severino, when he is on, one of the best pitchers in baseball. Araldis Chapman can be the best closer in baseball. Jonathan Lysaga has the potential to be the next one of that. I know I just listed off four guys. Teams carry 13 pitchers. I have question marks about literally everyone else um, in, in the pitching staff for the Yankees. We saw Jamison Tyone come on strong last season, but as it went on, he started to wear down a little bit. Montgomery, I have concerns about him for a full 162-game season in that, that starting rotation. Um, I just, I, I have worries about this Yankee team. And even for, seven, for, for Severino, sorry, I said when he's on, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Dude hasn't played a full season since 2018. So I just, when you look at the depth of this Yankee staff, just one through five on the Yankees now... I don't think is good enough. And if anything happens to any of them, I think it falls off very, very quickly. I am surprised they didn't go out and add another arm this offseason. I am very surprised. You kept waiting for, okay, well, they've made the Donaldson move, but maybe is there another pitcher coming? It, oh, okay, well, they, they've, they, they've, they've brought back Rizzo. Is there another pitcher coming? Okay, they've traded Voight. Is there another pitcher coming? The other pitcher never came. I am stunned, stunned that Manaya didn't go to the Yankees. I I thought they were going to try to overpay for that. And now I, I still think Frankie Montas goes to the New York Yankees. But as we sit right now, this rotation and this bullpen aren't good enough. The bullpen was a bit of a failure for the Yankees down the stretch. And the other part of this, I don't think Aaron Boone's a very good manager. And I, I think he had some issues with this team last year. I don't think the leash is going to be long on him if this team gets off to a, a bit of a shaky start. I... I guarantee you, there. I think it's a four-game series with the Blue Jays, like two weeks into the season. If the Jays take three or four out of that, there's already going to be calls for Aaron Boone's head. Like, that. that is where the Yankee fan, I think, is at going into this season. I am... They're probably going to go out and add a pitcher at some point this year. But this has been a surprisingly cheap offseason for a Yankees team that I, I, I don't think could afford to, to be that way. Like, that, that there, was, there was a world where this team loaded up. Right? Like you go out, you, you add a starting pitcher, 
Um, I get there wasn't a ton of them at the dead. Like they, they probably weren't going to spend 40 million on Scherzer or 30 million on, on Noah Syndergaard, but to lose out on a Gosman and then not trade for a, um, um, Naya from Oakland. And again, they might still get Montas, but I just, th- this Yankee team, I thought needed to do something starting rotation wise because of that. Like there are three, sorry, uh, before we get to the, the pick, there are three X factors on this team. Glaber Torres, if that bat can get back to where it was a couple of years ago, and we just assume that the issues at shortstop, he carried them to the plate last year. If A, he can be a good defensive second baseman and B, that bat can get back to where it was supposed to be, then he is... Uh, he he just makes this lineup that much more dangerous. And also in potential trade talks as they try to go out and add another game changer in that starting rotation. Honorable mention X-Factor to Joey Gallo, who needs to hit more than 112 to, to stay in this offense. Because if we're looking at like there's nine or 10 players for nine spots on this team, he could very easily end up being the 10th um, very quickly. It's just he happens to hit left-handed and they, they need someone who can do that. Um, X-Factor in the starting rotation is Severino. If he is back to even just legitimately being a number two, then a lot of the concerns I have about the Yankee pitching staff kind of go away. And my X-Factor in the bullpen for the Yankees is Chad Green. I I have confidence in Loizaga. I have confidence in Chapman. Uh, Well, I have a bit of confidence in Chapman. I think regression has started to smack this guy in the face. Um, Chad Green, if he can kind of get to that that higher level that we've seen flashes of in the past, then this bullpen is, is pretty good. So they have some guys on their team that can kind of quiet the um, some of the, the concerns that I have. I just think with this New York team, you're relying on best case scenario from a lot of dudes. And like you look at the Blue Jays with that lineup one through nine, which I think the Yankees come as close to anyone in the American League at matching. But if a couple of those guys fall off, then it's fine. And if a couple of the Yankee bats fall off, I think you have enough other bats that it's fine. But in the starting rotation, if Manaya takes a step back and Kikuchi isn't that great, you still have Ryu, Barrios, and Gosman. If Severino isn't great, you have Jordan Montgomery. I, I just, I have concerns about that. So I think you're relying on best case scenario a lot for the Yankees. I know the total is 91 and a half. I'm going under on, on New York. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little more. As the uh, as the show goes on, next up is Boston. Their total is at 85 and a half. Fangraphs has them at 86 to make the playoffs. It's essentially a pick'em, both to make and to miss. Was at minus 120. I'll be honest, and there might be some Blue Jay bias in this. This looks like a real average baseball team to me, especially in this division. Like the, the lineup is good. You know, you you have Devers, you have Bogarts, you have JD Martinez, uh, a couple years removed from one of the, the great seasons that he had. They add Trevor Story. Verdugo can be good. Like they have some guys who it's like, okay, you're good. Um, but I, I just like, it's clearly the best, the, the third best lineup in the division. Um, you look at the starting rotation sale is supposed to come back at some point, but I wouldn't be relying on that. And then after that, like I wouldn't be relying on that is what you could say about basically everyone in the starting rotation. Ivaldi, Pavetta, uh, Hook, Waka, and Rich Hill, who in there are you saying, okay, every fifth day we got this? Maybe Rich Hill, but you, you you know what you're getting with him and you're getting average. Like, I just, I don't see where the upside is coming from. I don't see where even the reliability is coming from in this Red Sox rotation. Walker was great with Tampa Bay last year, but how many guys have been great in Tampa Bay one year leave? And then, oh, hey, maybe it was just because Tampa Bay is really good at getting the most out of these guys that we feel confident in this situation. So I just... 
I have major, major concerns. And then the bullpen is a major question mark for me. Barnes completely lost it last year. And then everyone else in that bullpen, like, I, I don't think they addressed that. And this wasn't really the offseason to do that anyway. But I... I don't love this bullpen. I don't love this team. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I really don't love what I see from Boston this year. And they'll probably prove me wrong. They're going to win some games for sure. But I just, I look at them as clearly third or fourth best in this division right now when it comes to the, the batting order. I, I did Boston's preview ahead of Tampa Bay's and I said, oh, this is clearly a third best lineup in baseball because I just, I don't think of the Rays as just, okay, well, they have a few guys and they're thrown together and somehow it works. The Rays lineup, I think, is objectively better than Boston's is and I have more confidence in Tampa Bay getting the most out of their pitching staff than Boston is going to be able to. The X factors, for me, it's the middle of the order for Boston. It's Bogarts, Devers, and J.D. Martinez. They have to all be at an all-star level, or this lineup will not be able to keep up with the other lineups in the American League. If these guys, honestly, if uh, I was going to compare it to Baltimore. It's not at that level. Like, it, it falls off real quick with Baltimore. It doesn't do that here. Um, but it's, they need these guys to be at all-star types of levels. They need Evaldi to be an ace. They need him to be Every fifth day, we can rely on you hovering around 20 win type of a guy. We've seen he's been able to do that, and we've also seen relative inconsistency from him. And then anything you get from Chris Sale, I think, like, is desperately, desperately needed. I'm going under 85 and a half for the Red Sox this year. I don't think this is a playoff year for Boston coming off of a surprising playoff year last year. The Tampa Bay Rays, their total is at 88.5. Fangraphs has them at 85. They are minus 250 to make the playoffs. They lose Waka, McHugh, Cruz, and they didn't really replace them with anyone, but you still just trust them. You, you still trust in Tampa Bay. And this lineup, still really good. Like, it, again, there isn't that, oh, wow, this guy's going to the All-Star game. Dude, in there, it's just one through nine, just a really good baseball team. The starting staff is good. If Yarbo can get back to where he was a couple of years ago, then the starting staff is dangerous. And honestly, probably the, the even without is probably the second best starting rotation in this uh, in this division. And if Yarborough is back to where he was a couple of years ago, then they might have the best starting rotation. And then the bullpen is a bunch of guys you've never heard of who are going to come in and throw 98, 99, or 100. Like that, that's just, that is the Tampa Bay way. Um, because of this, I have uh, Yarborough as the, the X factor and I have the bullpen. This bullpen, if Tampa Bay is going to get to back to the postseason, the bullpen needs to be elite. I think that this needs to be a real shutdown bullpen. And obviously there's going to be openers and there's going to be all of this other creative stuff that they're going to try to kind of mask maybe some inefficiencies in the starting rotation. But still, I think if, if Yarborough is back, that's a pretty good one-two combination they have at the tar top of that rotation. I think Tampa Bay will be fine. I'm going over 88 and a half. Last team in the American League East, the Baltimore Orioles. Their total is at 61 and a half. Fangraphs has that going over by two at 63. To make the playoffs, they have the longest odds in the American League at plus 1100. The big parts of this order, I actually kind of like. I, I am a, a Cedric Mullins guy. I think Trey Mancini can be good. Um, Santander has had some like flashes, and then eventually Adelie Rushman coming into to this team. So the middle part of this order, or the top part of this order, is actually pretty good for Baltimore. And then it falls off. And the, the starting rotation with John Means, and then it's a bunch of guys you've never heard of. And the bullpen is full of dudes you've never heard of. Like this, 
This team is going to get hit very hard in this division this year. The Jays are going to kill them. The Yankees are going to kill them. The Red Sox are going to kill them. And the Rays are going to kill them. Like, that's, that, that is just Baltimore's lot in life. But they, they have built a decent lineup, at least. And they have one quality starting pitcher there. That They have at least some building blocks in Baltimore. They also have a couple of pieces for the deadline when they will eventually be selling this piece, uh, the, the, selling these things off. It, it's... It's just not a good ball team. Um, the, the pitching rotation is really where it falls off for for them. The starting rotation is blah, and the bullpen. Their closer is a waiver claim from a couple years ago. Like there's just not a lot here for for Baltimore. Their X factor for me is any non means pitcher, and if Santander can be consistent, it gives you a pretty good top four in that lineup. I know I've just shit on them quite a bit. I think they go over 61 and a half. I don't think this is a 100 loss baseball team. The division doesn't help them, but I, I think that means is good enough that every fifth day you can count on at least being in some games. And that top four on nights where they all kind of get going is going to be good enough to, to slug their way. I think to like, it's not a resounding over. I, I just, I don't see this team losing a hundred games this year, maybe 95 as the, the progress starts maybe in Baltimore. Moving to the American League Central, I was not expecting to like this team as much as I did. The Chicago White Sox, their total is at 92.5. Fangraphs has it at 87. Their odds to make the playoffs are at minus 400. This lineup is great. Like, I I would put it up there with the Blue Jays and the Yankees as one of the, the best lineups in baseball. Um, it's just like, again, it is one through nine, really good. I love the addition of AJ Pollock to this lineup. He hasn't really been able to consistently find some of the, the upper echelon or the, the upper limits, I guess, of his potential, but he's batting seventh on this team. So even if he just continues to wallow around, yeah, he's batting seventh. So it's fine. Luis Robert, I think is going to get, um, I was going to say Hall of Fame votes, maybe eventually, um, but MVP votes this year. Tim Anderson might be in that conversation as well. Jose Abreu is a, an elite run producer, and I get the, the stats community winces when you say that, but he is that. Um, I love this lineup. I really, really love the the makeup of this lineup. And the, the starting rotation, you have um, Lance Lynn, who is out until May, you have a couple of questions there, but even still, you have Giolito at the start. You have Cease and Kopech in there. Like, this is, when Lynn comes back one through four, it's a really good starting rotation. And then in the bullpen, Hendricks, one of the best closers in the league. You add Graveman, who has been a closer in the past, and you have Bummer, who's a really good left-handed option out of that bullpen. I think this is probably, I think this is definitely the best bullpen in the American League, and maybe the best bullpen in all of baseball. I am way over on on the White Sox. My my X factors for this team are Cease and Kopech. Starting the season as their 2-3, once Lynn comes back, they will be their 3-4s. Um, and I think, honestly, if this team gets to where they need to get to, these guys need to be the 2-3, the and Lynn needs to fall into that number 4 role. These guys need to take that next step in their development. If they do, this team could win the World Series. I am way high on the Chicago White Sox this year. Up next, the Minnesota Twins. Their total is at 81.5. Fangraphs has them at 82, and they are plus 200 to make 
the playoffs. I like that this was a team that had a shit year last year, and instead of just full teardown, they, they've gone out and just actively tried to get better. They, they add Correa, they add Sonny Gray, uh, they make a trade with the Yankees that was kind of just a baseball trade where... Uh, they give up Donaldson and Connor Falefa, who they traded for like three hours before that. They add Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela. I think being away from the pressure of New York is going to do Gary Sanchez wonders in in Minnesota. I, I do worry about Urshela leaving Yankee Stadium to go to Minnesota and, and see what he does in that ballpark. Urshela hit 240 on the road last year uh, compared to, I think it was 320 in the Bronx. So I have some concerns about regression from Gio Urshela after he came on as one of the cool stories over the, the last couple of seasons. My issue with this lineup is that there are there's a reliance on some three true outcome guys, right? Like, Sano is going to bat 220 with a bunch of bombs. Same thing with Max Kepler, and same thing for, for Gary Sanchez. Like, there will be nights where all three of those guys just give you an 0 for 9 with seven strikeouts, and it becomes incredibly frustrating for guys like Buxton and Correa at the top of this order that they're going to get on. There's going to be a lot of, like, second and third, nobody out, strikeout, 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 inning over, and you weren't able to, to cash in those guys. So that, that's my concern for the lineup. The, the rotation, I don't really trust it. Sonny Gray is the only one who's in this starting rotation who has shown he can be trusted in the past. Um, they have Dylan Bundy, they have Chris Archer. I guess Archer has shown in the past that, that he can be trusted. Bundy has never really got to the potential that people saw of him with the Baltimore Orioles organization. It just seems like it's a bunch of number three, number two, number three guys for me. There, there isn't that stopper at the the top of that rotation. They need someone to to be able to to step up, and that's one of my X factors for this team is either Sonny Gray or Joe Ryan, the twenty five year old who could potentially be at the top of this rotation. I guess has the the more potential of anyone because some of the other dudes are just veteran guys who we know who they are at this point. So at least with Ryan, we don't know that he's only a number two or number three yet. They need him to kind of be a number one if this team's going to make any noise in this division. Um, Rogers is a great lefty out of the bullpen, but then after that, it kind of falls off. I, I don't see it with this Twins team. Um, you're kind of with this total, you have to pick if this is going to be an over or under 500 team. I'm going to go under. I already told you about the X factors in the starting rotation. I think the X factor in this lineup, we talked about the three true outcome guys. One of those guys needs to break through and Byron Buxton needs to stay healthy for a full season to this team, uh, for this team to have any hope of making it to the post season. The Cleveland Guardians are up next. Their total is at 76.5. Fangraphs has them at 77. They are plus 300 to make the playoffs. Even if they don't blow this thing up, I don't love this team. The middle of the order with Ramirez and Framil Reyes is really good. Then aside from that, it's just a bunch of young platoon guys that you're just kind of hoping one of them clicks. Like they're you, you with a, a nine person lineup, there's about 15 dudes on this uh, on this team who are going to be in and out of the lineup on any given day. And I, I think for Cleveland, you're just kind of hoping that one of them hits. And I, I don't like relying on that. And then in, in the, the starting rotation, it is Bieber and then a bunch of question marks. And given the reports that it sounds like Cleveland, no, 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 no. We're making an effort to keep Jose Ramirez. We're going to be a team that's pushing to contend this year. And then you see they're lowballing Jose Ramirez. They are, I think, just trying to, to keep Jose Ramirez around to try to sell as many tickets and as many Guardians jerseys as possible before they offload him and Bieber, probably, um, around the trade deadline. I think Jose Ramirez is eventually going to be a Blue Jay at some point. I, I think that this team... 
saying they are going to contend is a bit of smoke and mirrors when we see some of the uh, lowballing that is going on with Jose Ramirez right now. I, I think that this is going to be a team that eventually goes into uh, another full retool as the the final fragments of the team that went to the World Series six years ago and frustratingly beat the Blue Jays in the American League Championship Series. I think that the final pieces of that start to get plucked uh, away. Uh, I think when you look at the X factors, I I like this bullpen actually quite a bit. Um, Emmanuel Close, I think, is a really, really good young closer. You have Nick Sandin, who is a strong lefty coming out of the bullpen. So there's, like... There's a world where that lockdown bullpen can help, but I think the two real X-Factors on this team are the, the guys who are kids of former Blue Jays with um, with Zach Plesak and Cal Quantrill. I think if those guys reach another level and can be legitimate number two, number three starters, then all of a sudden you have a, a pretty good starting rotation in Cleveland and one that can at least make you competitive. But I I think this is an under. I, I think that, that this is going to be a team that blows things up. Honestly and truthfully, Cleveland could finish last in this division this year, and it, it wouldn't surprise me. The Detroit Tigers are up next. Their total sits at 77 and a half. Fangraphs has them at 75 wins, and Bodog has them at plus 300 to make the playoffs. I actually like this lineup quite a bit with um, Javi Baez being added. You you have um, you have Torkelson who, who is being added to things. You have Robbie Grossman at the top of this lineup. Jonathan Scope I think can still get the job done. A bit of too a bit too much reliance on some veteran guys like Scope and Cabrera and uh, Robbie Grossman. But uh, I think you have Baez who again. Maybe not the most reliable, but like you, you know, Scope is going to be hitting around 260. Cabrera is going to be able to get on base. Um, you have Badu at the top, who's just a boatload of fun. I think this is going to be a, a pretty decent Detroit Tigers team. It is a very young starting rotation behind Eduardo Rodriguez, who, um, by the way, isn't the most reliable number one guy out there either. You, you have a pretty good one, two, three in the bullpen with Soto, Fulmer, and Cisnero. I think the X factor for this Detroit Tigers team is any starter. They, they need anyone to step up and be that number one dude and get this team to the next level. But I, I think, I think A, they're a very well coached team. I think B, this is a, a lineup that is just going to give you a, a few fits in this division. I think 77 and a half. Give me the over on that. I, I like the Tigers there. Kansas City, their total sits at 74.5. Fangraphs has them at 75. And their odds to make the playoffs are at plus 400. With Bobby Witt Jr., one of the best prospects in baseball, this is a sneaky good lineup. With Merrifield and Witt Jr., Salvador Perez in there, Hunter Dozier is on this team, Alberto Mondesi can run, and... I just, it's a sneaky, sneaky good lineup. The, the main key for this team, notice a theme here in baseball, really, is the starting rotation. You have Zach Grinke, who isn't at the peak of his powers anymore. It's a cool story that he's going back to Kansas City, and he is clearly the best starter on this team, but they need someone to to just step up. Um, I think, I, I just, my, my X factor for this team is just anyone who isn't Zach Greinke. Step up, be that number two guy, maybe even be that number one guy on this team. Uh, I, I don't know if they have it this year. I'm going to go under there for 74 and a half. We go to the American League West, the Houston Astros. Their total sits at 92 and a half. Fangraphs has them at 90 wins. Their odds to make the playoffs are at minus 500. They lose Correa and again, don't really add a ton for the second year in a row in the, the George Springer war, um, 
way of doing things. And yet still, the top five of this lineup is one of the best top fives in, in all of baseball with Altuve, Brantley, Bergman, Alvarez, and Gurriel. I still do not want to face that lineup, one through five, on a, a night-in, night-out basis. Uh, the starting rotation, I thought, kind of ran out of gas toward the end of the postseason there and started to get hit pretty hard, uh, but they, they still had a chance to win a World Series. And I think, for me, the X factor on this team is Justin Verlander. If he can get back to even remotely close to what he was a couple of years ago, then this might be the best starting rotation in the American League. And with that, I, I think this team's going to win a ton of games. We're going to talk about it in a bit. I'm not super high on a couple of teams in this division, so I think they kind of feast on that. I, I think the Astros go over the win total there. Also, um, I think Jeremy Pena and Kyle Tucker are X-Factors. They're the replacements for um, Carlos Correa and George Springer. And, and I think with those guys, like Springer obviously a couple years ago now, but I think if those guys can can reach higher levels, then this turns into maybe the best lineup in, in all of baseball, one through nine, not just one through, well, one through eight. Maldonado is not an all. He's going to hit under 200. So one through eight. This is one of the best lineups in baseball. The LA Angels, their total is at 83 and a half. Fangraphs has them right there at 83. You wonder where the odds makers got their totals from. Uh, to make the playoffs, the Angels are at plus 150. I, I want this team to be good. And I think that is clouding my judgment a lot because I want to see Shohei Otani in meaningful games in September and October. I want to see Mike Trout in meaningful games in September and in October. I want to see Anthony Rendon in meaningful games in September and in October. And what's the issue this team has always had? Starting pitching. What did they only kind of address this offseason? Starting pitching. They added Noah Syndergaard. Oh boy. Like he, when he is great, he is one of the best in baseball, but injuries have been a major issue for him this season, and they filled behind him with nothing. They went no-hitter in the draft um, last year, but none of those kids are going to be ready to go. I I have major concerns about the starting rotation for the LA Angels being where it needs to be. Um, because of that, my, my X-Factor for them is 25-year-old Patrick Sandoval, who, who needs to, I think kind of be that number three behind Noah Syndergaard and behind Shohei Otani. And even if he can step up into that number two role, he just, he needs to prove, or he needs to be the guy. One of these guys needs to step up and help this starting rotation out. I think bullpen-wise, they actually did quite a bit. They add Archie Bradley, they add Ryan Tapera, they add Aaron Loop, just... Some good guys in that bullpen. Not None of them great, but some good in that bullpen behind, I think, one of the better closers in the game in Iglesias. The lineup is top-heavy with Otani, with Trout, with Rendon, and with Walsh. They signed Max Stassi to an extension. He is fine, but I think another X-factor for this team is Joe Adele. If he can take another step, the former first-round pick, then th this lineup becomes a little bit more threatening and becomes one that you, you have to worry about a, a little bit more. I know I was down on this, but you have... Two of the top 10 best players in baseball. I have to go over on this Angels team. They have to eventually figure out the pitching thing, don't they? Um, up next, as I fiddle through my notebook here on the program today, and I can tell the voice is starting to go a little bit as the, uh, the, the battle with COVID continues. Up next is the Seattle Mariners. They're at 84 and a half. Um, that, that's the total from Vegas. Fangraphs has them at 79 and a half. Their odds to make the playoffs are at plus 150. They need a bunch of kids to step up. They, I thought, overachieved greatly last season and tried to now 
kind of make up for it by adding um, in the offseason, adding Robbie Ray. You have a few kids behind uh, Robbie Ray and Marco Gonzalez who, if they step up, this can be a very good starting staff. And people are excited about the Seattle team. They have a couple of young prospects in, um, I always say his name wrong, Kalenic, who is, came up. And it was the, how can how can we be manipulating service time with this kid? Got to call him up. And then by May, he was sent back down. He gets called up toward the end of the regular season again. But he needs to be a more consistent fixture on this team. And they're keeping one of the, the top prospects in baseball in Julio Rodriguez on this team as well. So Seattle has a lot of question marks. And they... It's them and the Yankees, I think, have the biggest variance of what this team could end up being. Because if everything clicks for this Mariners team this year, they could win the division. But if a couple of guys take, like if Robbie Ray isn't Cy Young Award winning Robbie Ray, and maybe the young guys kind of shuffle their feet a little bit, then all of a sudden this could be the last place team in, in this division. It's, it's an exciting team. I think that expectations are maybe a little bit too high. For them, um, one of the X-Factors to me is Logan Gilbert, 25-year-old starting pitcher for first-round pick in 2018. He needs to make this a really strong top three. I have some concerns about Robbie Ray leaving Pete Walker and what adjustments might have to be made now because of that. I I have Seattle going under. I I think next year is the year for the the Seattle Mariners, so I go under 84.5 with them. The Texas Rangers are the next squad up. Their total sits at 74 and a half. Fangraphs has them at 75 and to make the playoffs they're at plus 600. They have two of the biggest additions in the offseason with Marcus Simeon and with Corey Seager. That makes this lineup real good. Um I think with guys like Brad Miller and Nathaniel Lowe, th- this is a pretty good lineup in a, a city like I guess the ballpark is different now than the the ballpark in Arlington. They're playing in that stupid Quonset instead of one of the nicest ballparks in the history of the sport, um, which I will never get over with them. But I, I think that this is going to be a lineup that's going to play. I I don't love the right-handed part of the lefty-righty platoons that they have with Culberson, Solak, and White versus Miller and then Cole and Willie Calhoun. I feel like that's a real big drop if you're facing a couple of of lefties and that that would concern me a little bit from a, a Rangers standpoint. The, the starting rotation, they add John Gray, they add Martin Perez. Um, the bullpen looks a little flimsy after LeClaire and he, he's supposed to be coming back at some point, coming back from Tommy John surgery. I think you need one of the rotation pieces to step up. That's my X factor. Aside from Gray and Perez, who aren't necessarily stone cold locks themselves, but you, again, need one of those bottom three guys to step up into a a starting pitching role and into a a kind of top three, maybe even top two role on this team. And Nathaniel Lowe, I think he has the opportunity to have this lineup go from being a good lineup to a great lineup if he has another big year. I think the Rangers are going to surprise some teams. I don't think you have Seager and Semyon on your team and finish below 500. So I, I think they, I, I go over with them at 74 and a half. Lastly, the Oakland A's. They have the same salary that they had back in 1991. Um, it's it's rough in Oakland right now. They are going full teardown. But then you look at the lineup. It's a bunch of old dudes. Like it's Voight, uh, or sorry, Vote and um, Jed Lowry and Piscotti and Elvis Andrews. And there's a couple of young dudes at the back end of it, but this is still an old team. Um, 
it's a very, very cheap team from an owner that's worth $1.2 billion, which is just the biggest eye roll. Oh, we're such a small market team. We can't, we can't possibly keep up. Well, your owner's worth $1.2 billion. Maybe spend a little to make a little, you know what I mean? So I, I have no respect for what the, the, the A's are do. Everyone goes in, in full teardown mode, but this is a real teardown. And quite frankly, I don't even think they got a lot of great prospects for some of the guys that they, they brought in with Chapman. It was just a lot of extra 40 man parts from the blue Jays. And with Olsen, you get Kristen Pache, who could be something for sure. But aside from that, there isn't a ton there. So we'll see. I think it's going to be a bit before Oakland's good. Um, they have a couple of interesting pieces in the bullpen that probably get moved in Lou Trevino and AJ Puck. I think both those guys are going to be intriguing additions at the deadline for a contending team, but this is a really bad team. The The X factors for me are Christian Pache and Kevin Smith. If they are fun, then this team goes from being not watchable at all to barely watchable. The, the win total at 69 and a half under, I think this could be the worst team in baseball this year. So we get to the playoff predictions now. Uh, reminder, there are 12 playoff teams this year instead of 10. The top two division winners get buys into the American League Division Series. Three faces six, so the, the top division winner um, takes on the last of the wildcard teams, and then two wildcard teams face each other. I I have the Blue Jays and the White Sox avoiding the wild card mess. I have them as one and two. I have Chicago as the one seed, Toronto as the two. In the three six game, I have <laughs> I'm going back and forth on this one. I'm even changing my pick as we're going on. I initially had the Yankees missing. I'm not gonna have the Yankees finishing below Texas. Going going over that last little bit there with Texas. I can't have the Yankees missing over the Texas Rangers. I, I wanted to, I'm not going to. So I have Houston against New York in the wildcard round, which, oh. Uh, and then the other one, it is Tampa Bay against the LA Angels. I have the Angels beating Tampa Bay in the um, in the wildcard round. I have Houston beating the Yankees in the wildcard round, which would set up the White Sox against the Angels and the Blue Jays against the Astros, which I think would be just an amazing coin flip series. Um, Toronto gets the edge for me because I am remarkably biased. I think Chicago wins relatively easily, actually, over the LA Angels. And again, just because this is my fucking show, I'm going with the Blue Jays as winning the American League uh, and representing the American League in the Fall Classic. So, there you go. Um, a couple of these that I, I would consider kind of lock-type moves. I, I'm going to lock in Boston under 85 and a half. I feel very, very confident in that. Um, same thing with the White Sox at over 92 and a half. I feel confident about that one as well. And Oakland under 69 and a half. I feel co comfortable there. And you know what? We'll go Cleveland under 76 and a half as well. So we got four locked in totals on this show today. So that is the American League preview. We will do National League preview and World Series coming up on Wednesday's show. And now for the giveaway, the WrestleMania prediction contest came down to the wire. We had three different people who if one match went just a little bit differently, then they are the ones who are, are coming away with the victory in this, um, actually looking at this now, there were four people who had that opportunity where if one match went a little bit differently, then they are the winner. We will start um, with Tim James. If the Becky Lynch match goes to Becky Lynch, 
he wins. We will go with my wife, Kim, whose picks you saw on, on YouTube, on Instagram and on, on Twitter. Um, it was, which one was it? If Sami Zayn ends up beating Johnny Knoxville, she is the winner. We will go with, uh, Adam at Masonite. He had an opportunity. If Baron Corbin gets the win over Drew McIntyre, Adam is your winner. Matt, if, uh, the Mysterios end up beating The Miz and Logan Paul. Matt is your winner. None of those ended up playing out. Instead, your winner is Gino DePauli. Congratulations, Gino. Um, my, my people will be in touch with your people. He is the winner of the WrestleMania prediction contest. So he gets a $25 gift card from Sea of Dead. He gets a free residential cleaning from Clearwater Cleaning Solutions, and he gets two free tickets to watch Can-Am Wrestling April 20th at the Back Alley here in beautiful Calgary, Alberta, Canada, the capital city of professional wrestling in this country. So congratulations, Gino. Thank you all so much. It really did, like, so many people one match away, a bunch of people two matches away from this thing going a little bit differently for them. So it was very competitive. We're definitely going to do stuff like this again as we go along with the show. Thank you to, again, Sea of Dead, Clearwater Cleaning Solutions, and Can-Am Wrestling for their support of this giveaway. That is going to do it for the show today. Coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. You can find me online at Primetime Klein on Twitter and Instagram, twitch.tv slash PK. We'll see if the voice is holding up to do another Twitch later on today. Uh, but yes, thank you all for tuning in. National League preview coming up on Wednesday, and then UFC preview coming up on Friday. I'm out.